world. Welcome back to the Millennial Outliers podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Deal, my good friend and host, Tyler Ardrin. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, man. What's going on? Not too much. Good to see you. So we are stoked. We have another, like we said, we've been really trying to focus on people who are creating different types of success in life and help give you folks the play-by-play. So we have a good friend of ours, Mario Lancioni. So Mario and I actually, Mario and I met on the basketball court, basically. Mm -hmm. We competed first, uh, which has kind of been a theme here, which is funny. Uh, (laughs) And then we reconnected in the business world as Mario was working with W.B. Mason, and we started uh, Payday, and Mm -hmm. then you started your own entrepreneurial uh, kind of trip, which we'll jump into as well. Uh, with some other friends of ours, and yep. then you kind of got into real estate. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, you know, introduce yourself a little bit, tell sure. whatever you like about your family, uh, and then tell us what uh, kind of led you to this uh, this so, part of real estate. Uh, I would say what led me to real estate. I would tell you I don't know the truth. Mm. I would uh, say it was progressions in life's and surrounding myself uh, slowly with people that started opening my mind to just different routes and different possibilities and also like what I was passionate about and interested in. Um, to, to just a quick snippet, uh, you know, my mom was born and raised in Camden. I was born in Camden. And my mother, uh, really, she was a single mom our entire life and, and raised my brother and I. And uh, she was, I would say, I always use this metaphor. She was riding around with, uh, you know, two flat tires and two tires that were kind of pumped up. And it was a struggle just growing up in that financial hardship. And I always uh, looked at when I got older that there I will never put if, if I have a family in the same position because I just saw her not only living paycheck to paycheck, but just making decisions on uh, financial constraints. Like I have to pay an electric bill or do I buy my son basketball shoes? Like mm-hmm. that's the real reality of some people that live in that economic condition. And I looked at her situation was was really she just didn't have a network of people. Um, she had a hustle. She was very motivated, a clever woman. But outside of it, she didn't connect with anybody. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know, that's why I see that you guys network a ton, and it's awesome to see. So uh, as I evolved, networking is pretty big in basketball. Everyone knows everybody. You, you work out together. You play basketball together. And uh, that was kind of that was a common theme, as I said. I, I kept it very simple. So the common theme was playing basketball, learning who were the right players in the local community. Then I would travel um, nationally and play, you know, like AAU tournaments. Mm-hmm. And it's super, super common now, but it also built a lot of my confidence up and just just seeing what fathers look like, like fathers that were successful bringing their kids to games. And it was a, a lot of observing. I wasn't a big um, social person growing up. I was very like introverted and I just observed a lot and because I felt, I guess, a lot of intimidation because all the kids were a little smarter than me. That's how I felt. Mm. And uh, so fast forward, I went, I just worked my ass off to uh, just play, just be really good at basketball. So I, I did pretty good in high school, had shitty grades, uh, went to college, kind of made, eked my way through college. And then uh, really one of my best friends, uh, Sean Fagan, he uh, told me one day, it was about a week before I graduated college, hey, uh, are you interested in, in, in a job? and like a sales job. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So it was, <laughs> I guess his sales manager must've told him like a Monday, he's like, could you come in tomorrow? So I came in, I came in, well, that Monday, I remember going to Burlington Coat Factory in Atlantic County, cause I went to Stockton, um, got a suit that was like two sizes too big. <laughs> and I just looked like a mess going to this interview. <laughs> and I, I just remember there was an, a question they asked me about like, what uh, basically what would uh, what would separate you from another person? I said, if you just teach me the basics, 
I will just work my ass off to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's really was my answer. And I think they, whether they liked the answer or not, they hired me because they needed a body. You know, (laughs) the, uh, my graduation was that Sunday. I started the next Monday at WV Mason. And from the Monday on, I worked there for nine years. Uh, The interesting part of me working at one job for nine years, my mother always said, you can never keep a job your entire life. And I didn't, I just didn't, uh, have a job. I always turned over in two, three months and got fired and hired. And, mm. um, but for some reason at WB Mason, there was this, uh, even though they were corporate and they, uh, in the beginning, there was a lot of, uh, just the sales manager were great mentors and they taught me sales and they, they took you under their wings and they really knew how to motivate you. Mm. So it would keep someone like me around. Cause I didn't have many of those type of people. And it taught me a lot of, uh, salesmanship and, how to go in and present yourself in front of a receptionist. And, you know, then eventually you build up to talk to CEOs of companies and things like that. And uh, there was an itch I had around year six of nine at WB Mason where I was, uh, I remember meeting, talking to our biggest sales guy who made probably like four or $500,000 a year. And I asked him, like, what do you, what do you do? Uh, you know, when you, when you make income, what do you do with it? Do you uh, invest in stocks? I didn't even say real estate. I think I said stocks. And he said, uh, he's like, no, I just save it. And I don't know what in my brain said that's a bad idea. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you just can't save. I'm losing like, money, made, but that way. <laughs> he makes, and he made so much money. Yeah. He made a ton of money. Just and for then, inflation. Yeah. And then <laughs> there was actually a warehouse manager. Um, he was the warehouse manager. Now he's the, the distribution manager. His name's Fred Rodriguez. I love the guy. He uh, he owned a bunch of properties in, um, where the hell is it? It's in... Um, it's near the Piazza, like in that pocket okay, there. Yeah, yeah, and they're like La Colombe. Oh, Fishtown. So he owned a bunch of properties in like the 80s and 90s, and he was sitting on them, and he explained to me, he's like, dude, real estate is a great way to build wealth. And uh, there was a property my brother and I came uh, came about that we were interested in, and we asked him, like, do you have any contacts to do construction? So he shared a contact with us to do the construction, and uh, it was uh, the first time that we saw we could buy a property, renovate it, and then uh, income came in without us re- really having to break our stones for it. Because at W. Mason, you'd have to hustle really hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, uh, it was it was eye-opening, yeah. that first experience. Um, so, so then we kind of fast forward as I kept learning the business. And um, while I was at W.B. Mason, there was this weird separation of, uh, I had so many uh, tenants that I felt like I was a boss now. Mm. And then I had other bosses telling me what to do. And I'm like, you, you know, there's like a conflict of interest where I was like, you know what, I'm actually outgrowing this place and um, I need to start taking a, a, a gamble on myself. So uh, I wound up leaving WB Mason and uh, doing real estate full time on my own. And I mm. don't get me wrong. I mean, I was making serious money when I left and I took a pay cut in half. And then from there, I just kind of just exploded and scaled the, uh, the real estate business at that point. I think sometimes it does like you just fall into the best of things, right? But it's like you you were making consistent progress towards something. You just didn't know what that was. Yeah. And then the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. How, how many? Um, so when you left, how many properties did you have at that point? I didn't have, a t- I'd say 30, mm-hmm. about 30. Oh, that's a good amount. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. That's more yeah, than yeah. the most, right? Authority. I guess when I, so I was starting the same thing at basketball. I was surrounding yeah. myself with guys that had hundreds, 300. Mm. I'm talking to them. And right. when it starts diminishing, 
That's so like that, me with you right now. Yeah. So you, you, <laughs> you say 30, I'm like, dude, I got like four. <laughs> yeah. But, thir- but, but for me, when I'm talking to those type of guys, I'm like, damn, 30 is not a lot. So in my yeah. brain, I'm like, oh, 30 yeah. is not a ton versus. But well, there's always the that next possible. level. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And it's who you surround yourself with, like, you know, exactly like you said. And, yeah. But I mean, 30 is a lot, man. Yeah. And really, I wanted to um, uh, go back to why we brought him, mm. br- brought you here, Mario. Yeah. And, and Justin said the whole entrepreneur thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know you're you're an outlier yeah. in that uh, you have how many total rental properties right now? How I, many have you had in your whole career? Would you say? So I had about 120 at one point, right? And I sold off about 40, so I'm under 100 now, right? And having 100 plus is really like a dick measuring contest. Yeah, <laughs> sure. There's no need. It's it the comes down to in, it yeah. has to be cash flow. Has to make sense. Yeah. I sold off a bunch of crummy properties because uh, when I had the 30. I really, I wasn't cash flowing, to be honest with you. Okay. I was just turning and burning. I knew what I was doing. Right. But when you analyze and sit back, you can look at some homes. You're like, ah, oh, some of these weren't good. Right. So I'd say about eight to 10 of them weren't great. Right. The other 20 were, were solid. What would you say is um, great? Like negative cash flow or 100 to $200 cash flow a property? Yeah, I'd say, yeah it's, uh, 200 <clears throat> to 250 is, is solid. Yeah. yeah. For a single family, a duplex after you're t- paying off uh Property management, ten percent of mm-hmm. maintenance costs you put aside. Yep. Uh, I'd say a duplex is about four to five hundred. Yep. The higher, the better. And you guys um, say in a month, I assume, correct? Yeah, like your net net. So actually, so let me jump in here, right? Yeah. For for the newbies. So yep. as I was telling you right before, so I just put my first offer in on uh, an investment property. Sure. So break it down. Let's go back to literally day one for you. Yep. So what are the things that people, if they're like, I do have this extra cash that's either in a four hundred one k or literally just sitting in the bank or in my mattress. What do I need to think of, right? Like how yep. important is credit? How do I even like find a property? And then what do, what am I looking for when I go see it? Because right, yeah. I, like if I'm just basing off the numbers, but it has bad bones, like yeah. what? Like take us to like the ground level. Like where? Okay. What's the foundation of this? So the simplest way to to be successful in real estate is ha- one: you have to have great. I think great credit. Mm-hmm. Seven hundred plus will open so many doors where you can get your own personal line of credit. And then eventually when you open up an LLC, you can get business lines of credits. There's a ton of lenders that will, uh, they'll charge you a small fee to help you find these sources of credit. Mm -hmm. So credit to me is number one. Number two, if you have, to me at minimum 50,000 saved is a nice cushion to have in in the piggy bank if there's a maintenance expense. Mm -hmm. Um, The third thing would be the acquisition side, which is super important. Right now there's a shortage of housing. I would, I would look at a couple different routes. One would be agents. Agents are a great source of finding you deals. Um, number two would be wholesalers, like guys at wholesale that understand numbers and give them the exact buy box that you're looking for. And then the third route could be you just telling friends and family what you do. Like, hey, I'm, I'm looking at buying real estate. If you know anyone interested in selling, I'd be interested in selling. However, you may get deals sent to you and they could be dog shit. But the deals I would look at in the beginning, your first one, it would be turnkey. Nothing exotic. Mm-hmm. Like you said, bones. I would get a, uh, it's called a three-point inspection. You can pay the home inspector to do like the basic uh, top six items in the property to look at. And it's worth the $350 investment or 500 bucks to have them walk it. And if they say, yeah, all the major stuff is good, it would be a, uh, one of the, checks off the box of, all right, this would be the next step of me pursuing this. Mm-hmm. Is it 
uh, a duplex, triplex, or quadplex. That's the first deal I would buy as a rental because you have multiple streams of income and the juice is worth the squeeze mm -hmm. for your first one. Um, but I always go back to uh, keep the first property um, very basic and in good shape. Okay. My first property was a duplex. It came with two tenants that were underpaying, but the property was amazing. It was immaculate. I didn't have to do anything. And what it does is it teaches you more about uh, being a property manager and dealing with people and writing leases. And if they're late on a, a payment, then how to do the, the renovation part. Um, I would I would steer when you're getting past five to, to get into looking for a real contractor. Okay. Uh, first five, I'd be with the handyman. Get the handyman down. Get your property management basics down, and you'll—it's the confidence thing. You'll get mm -hmm. confidence in taking it to that next step of like auditioning a GC. Yep. Like Tyler and I talked. He—he's very fortunate having his dad. He trusts them. The trust is like everything. Yeah, um, yeah. I've lost tons GC's and tons hard. of money on the the trust thing. Yep. Yep. I've from, heard so many horror stories. Yeah. Like we're white, <laughs> like, I guess, you know, we kind of have a white collar background, but for me, I didn't have a blue collar uh, background when I was at WB Mason. I thought the mentality of blue, blue collar guys, mm -hmm. not everybody's like that, but was like, I'll pay you this money and you're going to do what I, what we talk about. <laughs> yeah, right. Just like yeah, white yeah. collar. That's how it should it, be, right? It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? They yeah. told me they were going to do it and they, they don't show up. It. And it blew, it blew my <laughs> yeah. mind. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was getting burned left and right. I'm yeah. like, what, what is going on here? Yep. So that's the first thing when you're uh, coming from a white collar experience. Do not think it's the same in this. Completely world. different. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different world. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that, my first That's my first thing. Now, that's yeah. the investment side. And I know you also do flipping. Yes. And, and I, from my understanding, I've seen a lot of your content. And I feel like I hear it all the time, this Burr method. Oh, yeah. So what? Like, explain what's that. So the Burr method is for rentals. So the Burr method would be, I, the way I keep it super simple is you have to uh, purchase the property and do the renovation under 65% of the value of the home. And that would be all the costs associated with buying it, renovating it, your holding costs, everything. Uh, the reason why I use the number 65% is when you go to the bank, they're going to refinance you 75% of the value of the home. The reason why I keep that 10% buffer at 65, uh, most investors, including myself when I first started, I didn't factor in closing costs, origination fees from lenders, and that chunks out commissions. That chunks yeah. out like 5%. And it, it gives you the wiggle room of not coming to the closing table with any money. Because yeah. the key to the burr is free. You know, yep. it's a free, it's buy, um, renovate, uh, rent refinance, repeat. That's what it stands for. But if you miss it, you're truly not doing the burr if yeah. you're coming to the table with money. So I'm. that's why 65% is the, it's a super conservative number, but you you, you can get the deals, it, mm -hmm. but you're not going to do 10, 20 a month. It, it might be difficult. three or four <laughs> a year, maybe, but that's right. still worth it at that point. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. So I thought burr. that had something to do with flipping the property. Well, you're so that's then entirely. You're rehabbing. You yeah. Know, so that's why it's a little bit like flipping. Okay. Okay. But then, like Mario said, you're holding it, you're refining it, pulling the cash out, and then using that to say, go buy another one. Yeah. And is that how you, you know, you went from, say, 30 to 100? Correct. Did you mainly okay. burr? All, all of them. All of them. Every single one. Now, you, what are your thoughts on, um, just because I'm doing it, you know, myself, not yeah. the burr, um, but flipping and everything. In today's market, um, I can't, I don't think it's possible. Like, what are your thoughts on now with the, how the market is and is it, have you even been able to do it recently? Yes. 
Yeah. So th- this is the key is <clears throat> you have to go direct to seller. Yeah. If you go direct to seller, you're able to work just more creative deals out with them, which would be they really need cash quickly. And mm-hmm. there's an exchange. I always say there's a exchange for quick cash yeah. for equity. Right. And if they're willing to take the cash for the equity, it doesn't mean everybody will, but you will find those pool of about 10 to 20 a year. I think that would really be considerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the type of seller that I, I've dealt with, um, I don't feel like I'm low, I'm, I'm screwing them over or anything. It's more, they need this exchange. They have no um, attachment to it mm-hmm. or they just need to offload it. And those are generally where you find the deals. But I, yeah. I like to find out what the problem is. How can I solve it? How can I help them out? Right. Because I, I want them to walk away from the closing table feeling, hey, this was a this was this guy was a stand up dude. Right. He did what he told me he was going to do. Right. And that and that's the ultimate thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you're buying direct from seller, and they they give you great referrals, and you get you pick up deals from them because generally distressed people know distressed people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And, yeah. and they'll give you yeah. they'll give you good inroads to other other uh, people looking to sell the property. Now, how are you getting to say these people? Are you using um, just because I t- you know I've talked to so many people in the, in the industry about it? Are you do are you buying lists of for- potential foreclosures? Are you sending out mailers? Are you making calls? Are they just coming into you from you doing it now for say ten, fifth, whatever, how many years you've been doing it? Not necessarily. <clears throat> what I do is I have a virtual assistant. So I have a virtual assistant in Venezuela, Honduras, and the Philippines. Yeah. It might sound like a foreign concept, but in our business, yeah, it's, it's common. very common. Yeah, very yeah common we use place. them as well. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, it's it's great. But they they all already have a sales background. They, it's surprising. They, so they're they, making the calls for you. They're making the calls. Wow. Before I stepped in here. I have a super hot lead from a VA who called uh, a guy in Philadelphia and uh, he just simply called him on the phone, speaks great. So we do an English proficiency test. So mm-hmm. we do a disc test and an English proficiency test. If they, if they nail our criteria, they take the next step in us hiring them. Right. But they're, they're generally really good on the phone. Yeah. They're savvy. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They've done jobs with Amazon, Verizon. So right. they get the sales part. Yep. It's, it's really, it's catering them to what the, the script you have. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they're, they they generate the cold call leads. Uh, people say cold calling's dead, but we get a decent amount of leads from cold calling. Wow, cold calling's um, the only like real metric I feel like there is in sales. It's like yeah. the only way you're guaranteed to get appointments <laughs> to be able to you sell to anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's we know it's it. terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's dialing for dollars. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got yeah. to. So and yeah, dialing is a good now. Result. These these um, uh, virtual uh, VAs um, are they? So they're making that cold call. Yes. Um, and because I've looked into it myself. Sure. Um, but I haven't gone down the whole route of talking to them or, you know, getting to that part. I've just looked more from an outside, like this is how it's done and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Or when you're giving them, I'm guessing, the list of these potential pre-foreclosures. Correct. Are they able to discuss numbers or are they more so kind of getting a litmus test and then giving it to you to then call and discuss that? Yeah. Um, there's <clears throat> there's levels to the virtual assistant and it comes with a pay scale sure um generally between three to four dollars an hour they don't know yeah they don't know how to to gauge a a comp or arv yeah if you go up between like five to eight bucks they're pretty good still nothing i know that's crazy and and they know and they know it they 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 know they know arvs they know renovations they're I wouldn't say they're totally turnkey. Right. Like, I still role play with them once or twice a week to keep them sharp. But sure. they do know comps. Like they're yeah. they're they're they would know more than the common American, surprisingly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they're pulling the comps for you. You're not doing any of it. They're looking at it and Oh yeah, they'll drop it in our CRM wow. and we'll verify it. But they're 
I, I'm telling you, they're pretty solid. And then they'll just be like, hey, Mario, we got a, you know, we got a deal. Yeah. And and then you kind of just take it from there. Or are they even yeah. closing the deal? So I I haven't got them to really close it, close it. Okay. But they get it to like, I'd say the five yard line. And then you call and just kind of yeah, run but it, but running it, out the middle. I'll, I'll do it with them. I'll <laughs> okay. do it with them. I want them to feel connected to it. And eventually they can kind of take it over. Right. Um, I haven't had I haven't had much success. Um, I feel I've hired a bunch of American acquisition or I, I'd say uh, closers. Okay. The American guys I clo- have uh, closing, they're amazing closers. Right. But um, there's a sense of entrepreneurship by a lot of guys that I hire. Uh, they're mavericks, so they learn it, and they just want to do it on their Don't, own. That's yeah, fair. Sure. I'm, right. I'm not mad about it. Right. But um, with virtual assistants, there's um, a sense of like they want to be part of a tribe. Right. I, I noticed, like internationally, factor, they're loyal to you. Right. And um, hmm. I don't know if you guys face that, but I just that's the the one common denominator that I've liked with VAs. Yeah. Versus hiring um, salespeople, especially high high level sales guys. They're not going to, it's hard to keep them. Right. Mm-hmm. Because even if you pay them 200 grand a year, they're going to yeah, they're look for more and they get grass more. is greener. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're in sales. Yeah. They, they want they, no, good. you know, yeah. Yeah. guys, the limit. Yeah. yeah. That's why, yeah. that's why they're in it. Yeah. yeah. How, how many VAs do, do you have? And do you have, how, how many hours do you have them, you know, making these calls? So we have eight right now. I wow. have two on the, well, I have two on the acquisition side and uh, I have my personal assistants uh, from Honduras. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other four are in our property management okay. team. So you're running your own property management too? Yes. Okay. Yes. Have you tried, um, and sorry to overtake this, I'm, no, no, like I said, I'm asking good questions on, even on my own stuff. Yeah. Um, on the property management side, have you used other um, property management companies like in the beginning and then was like, I could just do this myself and cut down whatever, 25% or whatever the heck they yeah. charge? I thought about it. And what happened was <clears> they... Um, I, I, my original time when I got my first three properties, I'm like, let me learn property management. Yeah. And after I learned it, I, I thought about hiring someone out, but I didn't have the money truthfully right. to pay somebody. Right. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep well, they're taking a big chunk. Yeah. yeah. And I needed the cash flow at the time and I kept managing it myself. And then eventually, you know, it's, it goes back to the mentors. I, I, I linked up with a couple of great mentors who were like, why don't you just outsource this stuff your time is more valuable sure. than doing it mm-hmm. you can provide a scope of work a video they're very seasoned and they really connected me to going offshore on a lot of these things they're like dude uh, tim ferris wrote the four-hour yep. work week he did it 15 years ago he's a trailblazer yeah and it just opened my eyes to like saying you know what i don't need to be attached to anything and they're right. very competent they're all college educated and I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. I, yeah, I, that's I, awesome. I can, yeah, I could tell you I'm a huge I, fan. Actually, on that note, so I know one commonality we all have is seeking mentors, having coaches in our yeah. life. So I actually saw one of your posts. You actually have a process to kind of how you identify these people. Yes. So why don't you share that? How do you identify who you want to surround yourself with? Yeah. I, I would I would say the way I my process would always be are they are they can I feel the pain in their voice? <laughs> if it's if it's the same exact thing I'm looking to accomplish or become where they were at, um, can they, can I relate to them? Is there a mm-hmm. connection to, uh, you know what, they've been through the struggle, they've had some uh, some some landmines they stepped on, because I know that land, landmine I could possibly step on so they could prevent, they could prevent me from doing it. Yeah. So that would be one. And I, you could just tell if someone's credible, right, mm-hmm. Justin? Absolutely. Yeah. Tyler. So that's like my first criteria. Like when I'm talking to them, do I feel it? And that's just an instinct thing. Yeah. Um, second thing would be if it's a specific uh, topic, business, uh, anything, 
are they the expert on it? And is it verified by other legitimate people that are part of the organization or part of their tribe? And uh, that, that kind of pulls it together for me to make a decision on it. And uh, so the, mas- the, the the person that's my mentor, um, I pay him a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he has another tier, which which really locked me in with the guy is he mentors people that are already doing like seven figures a month and he's their mentor. So to me, I'm like, this guy. Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> and then all his people actually have his, his, um, the mentees have more followers than him on social media. He's just not a big social media guy. And I'm like, okay. this guy's just a wealth of knowledge. He just wants to pour into people. And it obviously comes back. The more you give, the more you get. And sure. it, and it just, uh, I've seen that from mo- most of the mentors that I've hired that they give so much that, they want you to, they, they, it's painful for them for you not to do well. And it's painful when you don't like people leave the mm-hmm. group. They, 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 I could see that they're in pain because they're like, why'd this guy leave or what happened? So, um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, I, 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 you know, from sports, that was like, I guess our first, like seeing what mentorship looks like sure. from coaches, Coach. and yeah. players. Yep. Um, I would always pick brains of like <clears throat> Dewan Wagner, guys yeah. like that, Dominic Mejia. I mean, I remember sitting on a plane with Dominic Mejia going to Vegas and, just talking to these guys, man. They they just give you a couple nuggets, and you just do one thing, and it boom. Yeah, you're like whoa. Accidentally too, <laughs> yeah. right? Just drops out there. They don't even mean to. They're just you know constant flow. Yeah. But your story, it's so important to have somebody like helps you with that road now. Yeah. Because that's you don't have to tell me how to do it, but if you tell me what to avoid, yep. that's more important a lot of the times, right? Um. So to jump back into the real estate side of things, though, you had recently posted about uh, it was like selling it back to yourself, the property, oh, yes, yes. or flipping it back to yourself. So what does that mean? Okay, what's the easiest way to explain it? Um, this is when you bring in a private money lender. Um, okay. I'll give you an example. I purchased the property on Friday, and the down payment for the property was fifty grand. Okay. I put a $15,000 fee on it for my company for acquiring the deal. Okay. So I had to come to the table at $65,000. Right. I have a a private money lender in New Hampshire who uh, funded the $65,000 to put down as the down payment. And Mm. I I worked out a deal on the back end with my contractor that he would cover 100% of the renovation. 100% 100% of the cost and everything, because I do trust this guy really well. We've done flips together for seven years. So um, the way I was able to, let's say, get paid up front and get paid in the end was I built my company in on the 15K. purchase for 15K, yeah. um, have a private money lender cover the cost of the purchase and the the, the company check, purchase, we, we have the renovation going, and then when we sell it, I'm going to 50-50 with my buddy Mark. And that's the way I could double dip by getting paid on the front and getting paid on the back. It, it all comes down to numbers. If your numbers fit it in, it works. And I told Mark very clearly, I said, my company is going to charge us $15,000 for it. And he's going to inflate the renovation to make sure his company makes money yeah, on it. Yeah, so it's sure. a it's a fair, you know, as long everybody, as you're transparent, everybody wins. Everybody wins yeah, everybody wins. And uh, so that that's how you can get paid uh, in the beginning um, you can also do it with rentals. If you get it cheap enough, you can build in, say, $10,000 so you can keep, you know, the lights on to mm-hmm. keep your payroll going, uh, go through the renovation process, and then refinance out of it. But it comes down to can it fit in that, say, 65% formula. That's yeah. how I gauge if I can that get that done. Me, yeah. And then if I'm borrowing money from the guy in New Hampshire, does his interest 
on the money, the 65000 fit Those into numbers. that deal. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going too quick, but. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Is I, that I'm cool? Getting it. Yep, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the, the private um, money that you're getting, they're um, essentially somewhat giving you like a, a line of credit that you're not going to keep tapping, but you're paying an interest on that. They're not putting a lien on the house or anything like that. They are. They are. Okay. The, the right way to do it, and I educate all my lenders on it. I have, I have lenders all across the United States that do this. Um, and I could explain how you can get private money lenders. But what I do is I tell them, uh, we'll, we're going to put a promissory note together and record it as a lien against the home because they have self-interest in the deal. Yeah. There's no money exchange between you and me. Right. The money goes to the title right. company as a yep. third party. So the title company receives the money. I don't touch the money. And then the title company puts it to the appropriate places. Disperses you that 15K. Yep. Right. And, right, right, the, right. And, the, and the document is recorded against the home. So when we sell it, the, the promissory note's taken care of first. Now, are you um, having an attorney write that promissory note or is the title company doing that? Or are the, you doing it? So you guys know surety title. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they have a, they already have templates prepared, which is awesome. Oh, you were telling me. Uh, yep. Yeah. They, like yeah, if you yeah, ask yeah. like uh, Trish, I deal with, uh, she's the transaction coordinator. <clears throat> Uh, before she she provided me one, uh, you have a notary sign it, mm -hmm. like like uh, stamp it as well, and you just draft the promissory note, and then you give it back to them, and they record it. They'll send the file to the to the lender, the private yep. lender. Um, what I like to do for my lenders, where they feel comfortable and they keep coming back, is every week we take progress pictures and put it in a Google Drive, mm -hmm. and we just upload it and send so they it. They know to them. you're doing it, yeah. and they see how it goes. Um, <clears throat> we also we're, we're gonna, we've used uh, I don't know if you know Trello. Uh, we use yeah. Trello internally, yeah, yeah. but we we personally put all our projects in stages, five stages. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start sharing the stages as well with them to see, like, all right, we're in stage two of this renovation, stage this three. Right. So it gives them, like, that digital dynamic and the yeah. picture. Whether they look at it or not, it just shows the efficiency. They're providing the info. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're doing it again anyway. Right. Like, just let's give it to them. Right. Like, right, 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 right. Yeah. More information is always better, right? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So you're – um. I've noticed from watching you kind of on social media and just you talking, you know, right now, um, you're big on processes. Mm -hmm. I, I saw you yeah. had a checklist for everything. I mean, I, you had a checklist for looking at a property. Oh, I saw yeah. you had a checklist for what's a good renter. I saw the other day. Um, and I'm big, I'm big on processes too. Yeah. Um, really streamlining everything because, you know, it just makes things so much simpler. And once you get it done, the process on paper, then you can duplicate it and, mm -hmm. and you can You're right. bring in people to do it. Um, so, uh, talk a little bit about like what really got you into focusing because so many salespeople like who, you know, like we are, um, are usually most salespeople are just running and gunning, right? Mm -hmm. Um, chasing that next sale, chasing, you know, that, that next dollar. Um, and they don't take the time to be a business owner or an entrepreneur and really, you know, write those processes down because when you write it down, then you can kind of see inefficiencies, and, and all that. Um, and then, like I said, it could be duplicated. Yeah. So what got you like really into focusing on these processes and doing all these checklists and, and everything like that? Well, let me back up because it, it struck a nerve when I listened to your podcast and you went to um, the, the, that high level yep. business school. Going with that. And you yeah. talked about processes and systems and how important it is because yep. uh, it was something that I totally did not understand or care about. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to other business owners that don't have them, you can walk in a room and just immediately identify that they have yeah. some systems. If people are just running out they're stressed, they're <laughs> yeah. like freaking out on yeah. their phone. I'm like, this yeah. guy needs systems and processes. So when you put them in place, you start identifying who has a system and process, who doesn't. Yeah. So how I how I was able to identify it, it comes back to I didn't create it. I didn't know. I was a mess just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. 
um, had a mentor three or four years ago who uh, I went to for strictly systems and processes, mm. strictly systems. I heard him on a podcast and it everything he said just struck a nerve. I'm like, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I kept yeah. saying, I'm I that, need that guy. Literally speaking. And I called him and it was crazy because when he explained it, I'm like, this is so effing simple. I never thought of it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, recording a video documenting everything, yep. creating a column to the left and the right, what you like doing, what you don't like doing, and then, then what delegate. you like doing, and then yep. give everything away that you don't like. And I'm like, this is nuts. Yeah. But yeah. if I didn't pay him or f- seek the inf- I would have never known right. systems and processes. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mashed it together between his info, info and then what I know, yeah. like the checklist and all the- Because you're doing it anyway. Yeah, because like, I'm at a point where I'm like, these were all the things that played out in the process. So let me document it, yep. put it on there. Yep. And we have a person every Monday, Friday, go behind the project, double check the contractors. And it's just a good process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, I yeah. used to do it. Yeah. Now I don't have to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. A lot of, like I was saying, a lot of times people are just running and gunning oh, and, yeah. and you know, like well, the difference like, between owner and operator. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah you, no, do, you don't you want to take the time to, you know, nobody were like, it's not fun taking the time to write down all your processes. Yeah. It's fun going to chase that oh, yeah. client, having a meeting, getting a big sale, but it's critical yep. to be able to scale, to get, you know, getting those processes in place. Cause yeah. you'll never be able to scale. You'll always be chasing. You'll always, people will be leaving your company employees. Yeah. Like you'll always be running. You're right. You know, the cheat code that I had with him <clears throat> was he was a real estate systems and process guy. Mm. He already had all the the paperwork for me. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just had to simply shoot the video me that. and give it to him. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'll give it to you. I don't know. That's yeah, even more important. Like, you had clarity though, right? Like yeah. you knew what you wanted. So it was easy to go seek and find the answer to yeah. the question. That's being resourceful. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what people miss. They would have just gotten any coach. You know, like, no, you have a, like a fitness coach right yep. now. This guy has yeah. no idea about finances. <laughs> right. And that's why I think to the mentors too, is identifying the people who are doing the things you want to do. Yeah. Right. Because that's who else is going to teach you those things. Yeah. And you know, what's yeah. interesting. I, I look at the ROI anytime time I've paid a mentor, a fitness coach, the ROI is a, a thousandfold. It's yeah, not even yeah. close. So when people get gun shy on the price, you, you got to just bag it and say, you know what? It's I, I trust my gut, and it, even though it's scary, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, what's well, it. the it's the uh, scarcity mindset, right? Yep. Of uh, I'm investing compared to I'm sacrificing, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah. now what am I what am I not getting by spending this hundred dollars a session right. or whatever? Yeah. It's what am I getting out of this? Right. I think that's what's like sales, like getting back to that's what we miss sometimes. It's like you have to inject value into things to get anything back, right? Yep. It's, it's always that full circle. You can tell the people when they walk in the room, yep. they're like, all right, this guy is going to try to schedule a lunch. <laughs> and all he's going to do is ask to get my whole book of business. <laughs> like, that's not what this is. Like, yeah. why don't you ask me about my family? There's yep. 37 layers to me outside of business. Sure. Right. I right. love that. Right. Yeah. And it's built. Yeah, you're right. It's built on relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. it's it, uh, my my mentor uses it, calls it relationship capital. Yep. Everything's your capital is based on your relationships. The more yep. relationships you have, the more inroads and networks. You can call somebody and they can help you out like that because you have a relationship or what have you. So, yeah. Now, with this mentor, I think that's who you're with for the Dealmaker yes. uh, event you were just at. Yes, so, Mark well, Evans. Yeah, tell everybody a little bit about that because it looked amazing. I saw crazy Dang. cars. I saw things <laughs> that I was like, Mario's just in the room with these people right now. Do you, do you know some Jets of the guys there? I, I knew a couple of the, the like like Wes faces. Watson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that I, guy, I didn't know how big he was. Dude, he's a monster. And I love his, like, he's almost that Goggins mentality where he's like, fuck all your excuses. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Don't complain about things but yeah what happened so i could tell you so it was interesting my my wife and i never knew who like sean you know sean whalen 
Yeah. So Sean Whalen, I, I, he was yeah, he was my favorite speaker. For those who don't. Yeah. So we're Friday night. Um, this is how I guess sometimes you put people on a pedestal. And if you don't know that they're on a pedestal, it was just normal. Yeah. Friday night, we're outside. And uh, I saw Mark, uh, Mark Evans. He's the he's my mentor. And it was actually his 45th birthday. So he, he has his 45th birthday every year. And uh, it brings in like his closest friends, has a huge party. And then he also has like a mastermind. Mm. Um, so Sean Whalen and him, uh, well, I saw him, we're, we're grabbing, uh, like a salad and he's like, Hey, you, you guys want to grab a cigar outside? And, uh, there was already like 10 or 15 people outside. He's like, meet me outside. We'll grab a cigar and I'll, I'll, I'll be out there. So we go out there and like Sean Whalen sit next to him smoking a cigar and all these, like I call mini celebrities and real estate are out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like. It's incredible to be in a room full of people like that, and yeah. uh, eight nine figure guys that yeah, are making huge impacts. They they give all these things back. Yeah, it's, yeah. So what and was his like, wife was there. Like his wife was saying how she's got his back unconditionally, and like they they really created like a team. Like mm-hmm. she she's with him no matter what. Anywhere they travel, they're always together. And uh, but it's just little simple nuggets that they they share with you that you're 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 like, I know I'm in the right path. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, even Wes Watson, like he was in jail, like he was telling mm-hmm. a story and he's just a no nonsense type of dude, you know, yeah. like there's no excuses. And uh, I mean, you guys live by that code. Yeah. But yeah. 100%. And that's the, that's the most rewarding part at times. We were just saying about like, like oh, I'm on the right track about when you're reading books, yep. when you like things you didn't realize were actually there was a name for it. You're like, <laughs> oh, I've just been doing that. Like it's yeah. it is so reassuring that you're like, OK, a lot of these investments, sacrifices, whatever word we're going to use. They're all for something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's it's cool when you're in a room like that versus another another room, I would call it, is you don't feel like you're bragging in a room with people that are trying to achieve and go to another right. level. Yeah. Um, when you, you may be with sometimes friends or family, it could come off as like he's a dick. He's yeah. trying to brag and yeah. you're careful with what you say. With them, you could totally – be all open. Be all any open financial and... numbers, no, but they're just facts. Yeah, right? just it's facts. not a flex. It's right. just facts. This yeah, is what right. this was. This is what I'm looking <laughs> to invest. You know, yeah. right? Yeah, and they just cut through the the BS, and you mm-hmm. you feel alleviated that you can let your guard down. So I guess that's that's one of the big advantages I like is where you can feel comfortable in your own skin of like sharing serious stuff that you're going through, whether it's good, bad, and different. Mm-hmm. You can lay it out there, and it, you know, and they can help you out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you, you, um, so you brought up that he had his wife there, and I yeah. think you had your your wife there, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I see it seems like your wife and yourself do a lot together. Um, yeah. Just because I get your your mailer mailing on the emails with the properties, and I see her email at the yeah. bottom. Um, so talk a little bit about like that dynamic. Yeah. So uh, the interesting part of partnering with your wife is you you uh, we butted heads. A big time to be. Like, oh, I would. Yeah, you know, like I feel like we all have wives. Or, yeah. like, I'm shocked our you wives said are... just the beginning. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. still to today. But... That would be right. Yeah, and she's an alpha. I'm an alpha. So we clearly define roles. Like that was the biggest thing. Is I'm bad at this. You're great at this. And boom. And it and it really helped identify us not getting each other's way. Yeah. Um, we even though we work together, we don't see each other much during the day. We may email each other and text for business. The one thing I would say the truth it might lack is maybe some intimacy, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, because you're always working and you're trying to strive it, right? that it might it not be it might not be the same as like a person that turns it off and doesn't work together. Like we mm-hmm. talked about it. and We're very open about it. Um, but I know she has my back unconditionally. Likewise. And uh, what I what I love about her is um, she her background. She's a general surgeon and uh, she just has the brains like I don't certain things that she thinks of is just 
outstanding. Yeah. And uh, she's very humble. And I appreciate that about her because I'm, I'm humble myself, but she's humble. Um, she's really did great with social media. It's active TikTok. Like she's crushed it with um, catering to the Latin women community on real estate. And it's mm. just such a small niche that she's just crushing it. Oh, and, yeah. and I know she's going to explode from it. Like, yeah. mark my word, she is. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, when you so, have that target, like you yeah. see them realtors that like kind of have that target of either like Latin women or yeah. maybe Indian, like, you know, whatever oh, it is. Cr- yeah. They crush it, man. Yeah. <laughs> like the Indi- There's an Indian woman yeah. in multifamily and yep. she just crushes uh, it. Oh, they crush it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's that, that dynamic of trust that um, you're working, you know, with a similar kind of background um, that can kind of get you in there, you, yep. know, you know? Yeah. So that's and culturally, awesome. you're right. Yeah. You're from a third world country. Right. So I've, I've actually been all in on her brand. Like I'm really big. I'm like, let's, awesome. let's, let's put more money in advertising on Facebook, TikTok. Yeah. Do more lives. Like I've been pushing her ass to do it because yeah. I'm like, eventually that would be our, our, our really a great source of income. Cause I've sure. seen money come in from it. I'm like, I know it's going to work. Right. Um, probably like your buddy. I mean, it, it's real. Yeah. It's real. And, uh, so that that's been something that I've uh, I've seen like kind of slowly. It might go like a hockey stick curve, but yeah. I can see it turning Coming that way. If she's just con- she keeps being consistent with it. But I look at um, all of us. We have to be present online. But mm-hmm. I don't see me scaling the way she can. I just don't yeah. have the ability because right, of my right, right. a million you guys do what good, I do. You put great sure. stuff though. Hey, you yeah, really, yeah, I yeah, appreciate yeah. It. videos yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I like doing it too to educate young guys because there's people always try to do a bunch of stuff and they they don't. Maybe it gives them a tip. So when I go into it, I'm thinking. What could be a good tip that maybe they can think differently? Yeah, versus yeah. you know, there's, something a, that there's took a, you a ton of bad learn. stuff out there too, right? Yeah. People w- more than willing to take your money to give you just bad info. Oh yeah, yeah. get on yeah. Facebook ads yeah, so all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. learn how to flip watches or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's definitely been like a, a common theme, which is so refreshing here. It's like how important your partner is, right? Yeah, because like, Gorak he was talking about that on the last episode that. Yeah, you know, when he went on the next level chef, like he was really like the bitch voice was just like screaming. He was like, I'm not really a chef, like I'm a barbecue guy. And it was like my wife literally looked me in the eyes and was like, We're talking about Gordon fucking Ramsay. Like, you have to go on this show. Yeah. And he like brought a friend in that was a chef on Master Chef and he gave him like a four day crash course and like, <laughs> here's how you cook duck. And but I was like, the fact that you're white, crazy. right? Like somebody should champion your dreams push yeah. you because like whether she's your partner or not she's your partner right yep. like in the business if your business doesn't do well it affects her life as well so sure. it it's one of those things i think people overlook sometimes and yeah. we've talked like millennials we're not getting married as often yep. divorce rate is down because of that thankfully in general yeah. but it is so important to have somebody that champions you yeah. in the day-to-day grind you're right yeah, I, I also think you know uh, us three in general, like we're always going to strive to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're with a woman who doesn't strive to grow, you're going to grow apart. It's right. impossible. So if they're mm-hmm. not working on their own mental, their own physical, their own, you, you know, I know yeah. your wife does the same thing as you, your wife does. It's, it's, it's going to, there's going to be a separation. Yeah. And uh, you have to have constant conversations too. I mean, you know, there, things are not always rose, like run sunshine or roses, but we have real conversations and, we fix it and, and move on, but it's uh, you, you definitely have to have that alignment with your partner, especially being a millennial. That's why it took me so long to to be in a serious relationship because I knew I wasn't aligned with all my partners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you yeah. were super focused on what you were doing at that point. Yeah, too, right? that's you're it. building an empire. Not yeah, for absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So why don't uh, 
Yeah, before I, I feel like this last question, you're going to have some depth to too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like so um, you know, we, we always try to ask our guests uh, something that the the um, viewers can kind of learn from. Sure. So a a failure or a mistake or maybe a few um, that you've had in the past that yeah. you know can potentially help our our listeners with you know maybe not. Yeah. Or maybe they do, and they got kind of how yeah. you got through it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would say two big failures I had um, in business. So I've had uh, six businesses, two of them complete flops, and one almost put me in complete bankruptcy. Uh, the, the first one I'll talk about was I bought into a franchise called Yogo Factory, mm. did it with two partners, and uh, went through every roller coaster ride possible. Uh, in the beginning, it was cool. We ran a business plan. We went to the SBA Express business loan. We got it approved in like seven days. Everything was perfect. Yeah. Uh, we do the, the retrofit. We learned all the, the building, how it all works. And then boom, the store goes up and it just didn't do what we thought it would do. Yeah. We were sold a dream. Uh, they didn't provide us marketing by buying a franchise. So yeah. it taught me very quickly, like, shit, this is, uh, this is hard. The, uh, two things I learned was out of the two partners, one wound up filing bankruptcy, which he didn't need to do. And that's another story. The other one, um, at the time is still, I consider one of my best friends and yep. we got even closer by standing Getting and sitting in a foxhole together yeah. and, and just taking the pounding financially. Like right. we, we took a fucking pounding yeah. doing it. Yeah. And Justin knows, I mean, he did our payroll in that yep. first business and you know, it, it was, it was just, it was just not a successful business. Yeah. I learned a lot by selling it twice, by learning how to sell it, seller finance. And the first deal blew up and the second deal finally went through. But at that point we were just cool with cutting our losses. You're so dumb. So we were the distressed yeah. seller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> we sold it for pennies it. on the dollar. Like I, <laughs> right. and, and Sean will tell you, we, we sold it for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then uh, the second idea was more of an ego play. I was, I was extremely, uh, I thought I knew everything about real estate. I was mm -hmm. like, let me start a construction company. Justin again does the, uh, my payroll for me. Yep. And I just didn't know anything about operations. Like yeah. I didn't have this mentor about systems and processes. Right. Even if I did, I would never do it again. Right. Because I have no construction background, but in theory, the idea made sense. Yeah, I have that idea. Yeah, <laughs> today actually. Yeah. Yeah. But that was uh, so that's I good almost, to know. I almost went. I almost went bankrupt from it because I the amount of capital I invested into it, and there's like a there's a draw schedule mm -hmm. that you have to uh, you know you get paid, so there was so much money just going out, out and not yeah. coming in, and I was all in disarray. So when I told you I sold. I went from 120 down to 80 plus. It was because of that. Because of that, business. that got me out of the bankruptcy situation. Yeah. So with the construction company, because that, because like I said, I do think of this yeah. in that um, you kind of brought it up in the beginning, that blue collar mentality versus the white collar mentality. And I always say to myself, um, if I had a construction company, I could sell the crap out of, you know, I, I know I can yeah. with the processes and making sure that kind of that white collar mentality. Um, but uh, it sounds like you you said a little bit ago that even having those operations, you still wouldn't wouldn't do it. Uh, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't say it's not a legitimate massive business to make money. Um, you'd have to bring in a key operator, like a project manager that knows his stuff inside now, exactly has yeah. equitable interest in it. Right. Um, I had two really good people, but none of us knew how to run the business, like right. the, the, the business. Yeah, like I didn't know nothing about construction. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the same as me. I, I can sell I sold, it. <laughs> same here. I sold so many jobs, but we couldn't get the job. We're super done. similar in that, so I'm not going to go that route. Yeah. 
But I don't need to claim bankruptcy. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was ugly, and that that's true. So yeah. what, what saved me was having the rental properties, and then the um, assets, right? Yeah, but what it what it does is it puts a lot of like self doubt. So there was a there was a couple years. I mean, I'm telling you, I was going to. Um, I remember with my wife, we were finishing off projects, and I would get like tachycardia in my heart, and I would have to recline back in my my uh, driver's seat. I remember getting ice cream one time. And it was just so stressful, the amount of debt I was swimming in. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be here. Like, right. I'll fucking die young from right. all this stress. So um, then I started doubting, like, who I am and all that shit you go through. Why you but, did that. Yeah. Yeah. All then, that then, then you just, you overcome it over yeah. time. It's not easy. It's a day-by-day process. And we eventually got out of it. Right. Um, but I learned a lot. I would never, I, I wouldn't say I would never buy a business again. Yeah. But it would have to be a seasoned business, a seasoned operator. Everything right. has to be seasoned. Right. Proven books. Right, 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 right. And, uh, but yeah, gr- startups are, are, are hard. Yeah. Because I've, I've yeah, done are. three. I mean, what's the, Justin probably knows the numbers from a payroll standpoint. What's the, oh, the amount of like failure? fail in the <laughs> yeah. first three years, yeah. but like 60% fail in year one. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. It's like crazy, right? Yeah, it's not, and then I mean, like the 10 year mark, isn't it like ridiculous? Uh, the room, yeah. It's, it's like every one, decade it gets smaller yeah. and smaller. I don't, yeah. I don't know yeah. the statistic for how many make it to year 10, but for you, I actually, I have a question for you. So yeah. when you take on clients with payroll, obviously you want to be optimistic and and uh, ex- excited for them and you're taking on a new client. But mm-hmm. if you feel it's not a good deal for them, do you just kind of keep your emotions aside? And you're just like, uh, absolutely. So I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm big on the education process. Right. Yeah. So like I get a lot of folks who walk in and they maybe only have that two or three employees. But, you know, do they want to spend the money on it or could QuickBooks maybe be like the better example mm-hmm. for them? And, you know, I will definitely guide them. And it really, it always comes down on my, like, do you want to trade time for money? That's sure, really yeah. what it comes down to, right? Like, is it most profitable for your business to have your employee, even if it's a half hour a week, spend that time doing payroll? Or is it worth it for like a smaller account like that? You're going to be talking about like $1,800 a year yeah. for somebody to just deal with the tax notices, file the quarterly returns, do the W-2s, yeah. just the basics part. Um, so I really do. Like, I try to keep it very honest on that aspect. And then I always explain, like, for the small companies that are maybe going from, a, you know, one of the big guys that sign them up for all these things, mm-hmm. I'll have to explain, like, tax liabilities to them because, you, know, you know, most folks have no idea how, like, A, that there's employer portions of taxes. They're like, whoa, yeah. I paid somebody 100 bucks. Why'd you take 113 out of my account? Yeah, I'm right. like, well, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but when you switch mid-quarter, you have to explain to them, like, hey, there's going to be this portion of taxes that are unpaid. Yeah. So, yeah, we I'm probably too thorough sometimes. I probably give people a little bit of a headache because they're mm-hmm. like, well, now this is scary. <laughs> but I really try to be upfront because to your it's, point, like taking on that expense for some businesses could that could be yeah. the backbreaker. I think it's very smart business to do that way. And I know Tyler does this is explaining to them the reality, whether mm-hmm. they use you or not. Yeah. You're laying yeah. it all exactly. out to them. Yeah. And yep. I do the same thing with real estate. I'm like, I can't do this, but if, it's OK if you don't sell to me or mm-hmm. yeah. buy. It's, it's totally OK. And. You honestly, honesty helps you win mostly in the end. Hundred yeah. percent. Just just yeah. pass on things. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. whatever happens, yeah. right? If they go to another company, if that business doesn't work out, they're gonna they're gonna be like this guy, you know. Help. I have a ton of people that they they call me like quarterly. They, yeah. they don't use the service yet, but they're like, hey, like the, we're getting there. Yeah. Here's like, here's my questions. And like, I'll always, I, you know, I mean, yeah. I'll talk to anybody. I, I enjoy helping. <laughs> yeah. But um, so for you now, like you know, you're, you've checked most people's boxes, I would assume, on the real estate side. You know, yeah. you, you have a beautiful family that's growing. Yeah, that's what's like, what's next? What's next is I'd, I'd really, uh, as I mentioned, I'd like to focus on my wife's brand, mm-hmm. help building that out. Um, we actually have an event 
we're going to do an English and a Spanish event at Riverwinds on uh, September 9th. It's a Saturday from 9 to 3, and we're going to do a dinner later um, for an additional charge. But we'll have the half of it will be English. The other half will be in Spanish only because she has so many Latin uh, people that want to get in real estate. Um, but I, I really am trying to um, pivot a little bit towards her brand because mm. most of our business is pretty set. Yeah. And uh, get it, getting her like situated and then may, maybe entertaining a business again, like purchasing a business. But it has to have, an you know, an operator in place. It, yeah. It's around for at least 10 years. Mm. Um, I actually speak to the Vantage guys about it to, okay. to try to find like a really solid business that's been around for years to see. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where, where I'm at right Are now. Are you thinking like the Cody Sanchez model of like buy the boring business, like manual labor that you can just make the process like a little more efficient and something that won't go out? Or do you want to buy... Like, do you have, like, an industry or kind of thinking business-wise? I'd be open to it. Yeah. It has to still be around, I think. It has to be a distressed seller. Mm-hmm. It has to be around for minimum to me 10 years. And there's opportunity. Like, maybe sales and marketing is lacking, mm-hmm. but they have re- reoccurring revenue. Or, yeah. yeah. It could be a dry, like a cleaners or something, you know, dry cleaner. Yeah. Right. But they don't push it out um, hard enough on the dry cleaning side. But something, something in that world I'm open to. Um, I don't want to get into construction. Um, maybe distribution I'd be open to, you know, yeah. yeah, like wholesaling distribution, things like that. But, uh, yeah, so that's really what I've, I've looked into, but I'm not, I'm going to be very, very careful. Yeah, super selective. Yeah, you know, yeah. 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 I was shocked to hear that one in 12 businesses in the U.S. each year, they, they just close because it doesn't sell. Wow. And like they're interesting. From, yeah. Cody Sanchez is one of the people. Yeah, I love that yeah. yeah. And that's what she talks about a lot is like, and they're cash flow positive and they're just, wow. Nobody like there's no successor to it. You know, the staff's just like, I guess we'll go get another job somewhere. <laughs> like nobody yeah. wants to take the responsibility yeah. and it just closes its doors. Hmm. So I actually, I have an introduction I'm going to make for everybody who's like private, private equity. He does it solo uh-huh. X MLB guy. Um, but you guys might be able to you know, yeah. work together on some great. things. Absolutely. He's very selective, smart kid too. Cool. Okay, that sounds great. Awesome. All right, gang. Well, um, awesome having you on, Mario. I think the listeners definitely can take something from this, from just all your experiences on the real estate side. And this was a million dollar episode, I think. I I mean, the amount of now, my brain kind of hurts a little bit from (laughs) like trying to stay in on all that. But I know I try to die the dummy the numbers down. Yeah, Yeah. it's very helpful knowing that the inside of the math. It, does. Uh, it wasn't you, quite a fire hose. It was like drinking just from the hose yeah. out back. You know, was <laughs> well, you do a great job, like I said earlier. I've said it probably 10 times this episode of putting that on social media, really making it Thanks. understandable. So just before we leave here, where can people find you on Instagram, TikTok? I know you said your wife's TikTok. Why don't you share? Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. It's just my name, Mario Lancioni. I've been trying to put more uh, long form videos on YouTube together, which um, I think give a better explanation of a deal. So I'd yeah. like to have a habit of... Uh, putting a full deal together of how I sourced it, how I renovated it, and how it, the end result, whether it was good or bad. Yeah, I want to get full yeah. transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I see lacking from education is they don't provide HUDs if they really yeah. did the deal. So I'm going to provide right. the, the purchase HUD, the after HUD, the construction. But to pull it together in a video, it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's cool. It, it's cool yeah. But I want to I want to do that because it gives a lot of value for people, whether I, I have one sure. follower or a thousand. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'd I like think you got more than that. that, even if yeah. they're not following. Yeah. I mean, Justin, can I mean, talk you got two right media. here. People, yeah, exactly. I appreciate it. <laughs> you got more than that. You'd be surprised at how many people, you know, yeah, like watch yeah. that stuff that you don't even kind of see out there in the world. I get some phone calls like that and it's cool. Yeah. And then my wife is real estate con Andrea. So it's real estate with Andrea. So it's real estate con Andrea. She's pretty big on TikTok. She's uh 
think she has about 9,000 followers, but they're like that's legit big. followers. Yeah, yeah. that's big, not, man. Because you could have ghost followers, but mm. she's got so many, she gets bothered all day. Yeah. Which is yeah. good. That's but, good. Yeah, so she's, yeah, she's, awesome. she's awesome. And she, we can't, I mean, Maybe you understand Spanish more than me or you, but no. she, yeah, all right. <laughs> Only a little bit. She, yeah, she, so high she, school. So is... That's all she does. She yeah. speaks in Spanish. But, you know. Spanish one was rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to like the intermediate. I was all right, but now no, most of that knowledge is just gone. <laughs> yeah, it's, my brain's very good at like useless stuff. Like, yeah. like, I, just I did recently. Just it. Recently, I got that app. I forget what it's called that like teaches you not Rosetta Stone, but it's like a newer one or something. Okay. Because um, I was like, ah, oh, it'd be cool to like learn Spanish. I did. Yeah. It was probably like last year I did it. And uh, do for the kids. I put it on yeah, for like you do. a week and I couldn't stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> There's a cool book called um, Unlimited Memory. Hmm. And I was, I, I'm, I actually am reading it twice. Uh, I would totally look it up on Amazon. Yeah. It, it explains to you how to remember shit. Hmm. And I, hmm. and I didn't believe that I can remember because I'm getting older. It's total BS. It explains how to like um, pretend anything that you need to store in your mind, put it in a car like on the, the emblem of the car and visualize what hmm. you have to remember. Like say it's a Spanish word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the front of the car. It's in the seats of the car. Right. And if you put it in context of a car or inside your house, yeah, like yeah. words and you put associations, you can remember it. Like, right. I've remembered quotes now because I'm like, dude, I just, yeah, it's interesting. I put it in this art piece of artwork. So yeah. They give you different yeah, yeah, yeah. things that you can start tying. You're visualizing it. To visualize it. Yeah. You're That's visualizing how most memories. Instead of just looking at a book. Yep. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Completely. Great, a great book. So I, 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 I had a. What's that? Is it Jim Quick? I feel like he talks about a lot of memory stuff. No, no, that's not okay. the that's not the name. Um, that's I should remember that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't put it on the, the emblem. Irony. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> but I can give it to you for the show notes. Yeah. This is actually a great. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. We'll definitely great, share that. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in myself. Yeah, it's good because I, I was I had a, like same a scarcity mindset where I'm like I can't remember stuff anymore. I'm getting older. That's bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I tell myself that a lot. So actually, good to know. I got to yeah. read that book because yeah, yeah. Uh, was I was good. actually talking to my wife coming in here. We just moved recently. And um, I forgot because I still have my old primary. We're going to list it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I forgot the trash day. I'm like, was mm. trash day? It was only two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, was it Thursday or that, Friday? That old place. I don't remember that. Spot, yeah. right? what, what house are you talking about? I don't know how I forgot that. It's crazy. Yeah. It was just on that same thing. I get but, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before, one more thing before we sign off. Oh, yeah, a little, little party. Got a little parting gift for you, dude. Oh, sweet. Got you some swag. I love it, bro. A little millennial outlier. I'm going to wear that. Nice and proud, man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So. Now awesome it was great stuff. talking, guys. I appreciate yeah. your time. Now we, we yeah, really man. appreciate you scheduling coming out yeah. with us and honestly dropping a ton, ton of knowledge for the uh, audience. So uh, make sure follow, stick along for the uh, the YouTube uh, videos that'll be coming out. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss miss our uh, episodes. And as always, best day ever. Best friends. day ever, gang. You know it. We get it.